The following is a hoop ball presentation. Hello and welcome to the Hoop Ball Minnesota Timberwolves podcast. My name is Stuart Burkhart. I am your host. You can follow me on Twitter at beefstu69. That is B E E F S T U 69. And be sure to check us out over at hoop-ball.com. All the basketball content you're looking for, DFS, fantasy, other team podcasts like this, betting content, get all that over at hoop-ball.com. And they don't just do basketball. There's other sports on there, too. Um, they've been talking over on the Discord at HoopBall about opening day tomorrow, uh, as I'm recording this the night of the game, and baseball opening day is tomorrow. I'll touch on that a little bit later, but uh, just wanted to let you guys know there's all kinds of stuff over there, so be sure to check us out at hoop-ball.com. Today on the show... We are going to discuss the Timberwolves' victory over the New York Knicks. They won 102-101. to I can't believe I'm saying that, that they did that based on how the game started. It did not feel like they were going to win at any point until there were zero seconds left on the clock. The Wolves had a lead when the, uh, in the first quarter. The score was 10-9. to The Wolves did not lead again until there were 30 seconds left. And they were up by one. Now, amazingly, that lead actually held. And the Timberwolves snuck away with the victory. They tried to give it away. They got the ball twice, up by one. On the first instance, Malik Beasley turned it over. And in the second instance, Carl Anthony Towns turned it over. Both times, they could have held the ball and received a foul from the Knicks. So... I don't... It was bad. It was really bad. I was so sure they were giving the game away. I was so sure they were going to lose. And they didn't. They managed to pull away. And in large part, the reason that they got there was thanks to the two rookies. Anthony Edwards and Jaden McDaniels. Now, to begin, I'm going to talk a little bit of game flow. This game started off pretty even, and then the Knicks, as you can imagine, started to win in the first quarter. Because that's what the Timberwolves do. They start off slowly. In fact, in the post game, Anthony Edwards, uh, there was a quote where he was basically saying that they were BSing during the layup lines. And he said, we're not going to do that anymore. We can't keep starting slow. Which is nice to hear him say. Hopefully, it becomes true. On the other hand, they have been slow starting the entire year. And this game was no different as they shot just 26% in the first quarter, they scored 19 points on 26 shots. That's horrible. I mean, a genuinely terrible efficiency. They were 2 of 11 from 3 and 3 of 5 from the line as a team in the first quarter. Now, amazingly, the Knicks only scored 26. So the great thing about this game was this was a Tom Thibodeau game. Obviously, Tom Thibodeau is the coach of the... Knicks and former coach of the Minnesota Timberwolves. This is exactly how Tom Thibodeau wanted this game to go. He wanted every possession to go down to the shot clock. He wanted the Wolves to be shooting 20%. Like I said, 26.9%, so about 27% in the first quarter. And it was terrible. And the game sort of 
held like that until the third when the Knicks started to pull away a little bit. And the Wolves were kept in by essentially one thing. So, you know, the game was only a seven-point game after one. It got to be as bad as about 15 points, especially early in the second quarter. Uh, Finch put in the bench unit. He put in Jarrett Culver. That did not work. Culver was bad. And, I mean, a lot of the bench guys were bad. Jalen Noel had a pretty rough game. He made some nice plays down the stretch, but he overall had a bad game. Uh, Nas Reed wasn't super great either. He Again, he had a couple nice plays, but not a great game from him. And, you know, we saw a lot of these Timberwolves players having rough games coming off of the bench. Uh, only 4 minutes and 45 seconds for Juancho Hernan Gomez, who's been a lot better lately. And he was a minus 9. I think when this team has that sort of second unit come in, the two outstanding players who were not in the game, uh, outstanding meaning not in the game, not outstanding as far as their play, although they can be sometimes, Josh Okogie and D'Angelo Russell. I did see that Chris Finch said D'Angelo Russell will not be back this week, so maybe sometime next week is the word, um, which I always love the sort of vague timetable. So the four- to six-week timetable is now going to be at least eight weeks we're not getting any actual updates as far as what's going on. We're just getting these sort of, you know, he'll be back soon. We want to get him back. He's working to get back. Whatever. He'll be back sometime next week, probably. And um, Josh Okogie was listed as questionable for this game. So that was good. He might be back soon, and it would be really nice to get him sort of back in the mix, coming off the bench, and especially in place of someone like Jarrett Culver, you know, playing on the wing and defending good players. I do think Okogi is a much better player than Jared Culver at this point. But, you know, that was a lot of the game flow. You know, they got down big. And then in the fourth quarter, I mean, the only reason this game was even remotely close was because of Jaden McDaniels. So let's start with that. Jaden McDaniels shot 7 of 13 from the field, 4 of 9 from 3. He had 18 points. He had 5 rebounds. He had 3 assists. He actually didn't have any blocks, which is weird. It's weird to see Jaden McDaniels not have any blocks. And um, it was in, it was a fantastic game for Jaden McDaniels. He was offensively holding the team up, and on defense, he was very often guarding Julius Randle, the Knicks' best player. Now, his defense wasn't necessarily contagious. Some other players had good games defensively. Uh, Carl Anthony Towns generally was pretty good defensively, as was Ricky Rubio. But the next person to talk about is the reason that they got back into this game. So at the end of the game, the Timberwolves looked like they just were dead in the water. And then all of a sudden, Anthony Edwards just started doing everything. I mean, he turned it on on both ends of the floor. He scored like seven straight points when they were down by eight to bring them right back into it. He scored almost all of their points. I think he scored seven of their last nine points or nine of their last 11 points, something like that. Ant was fantastic at the end of the game. Now, prior to that, uh, let me just pull up his stats here. So in the fourth quarter, 
Ant was 5 of 7 from the field and had two steals. So prior to that, if I can just do some quick math in my head here, uh, 5 of 7, so he was 4. It was 4 of 9, so not horrible efficiency. Um, he was 4 of 9 and 2 of 5 from 3 in the other 3 quarters. But he did have 3 blocks in those other 3 quarters. And that was sort of the weird thing, was seeing him be some plays, he just completely took off defensively and just didn't care. And you could tell. It, was, it, look, it didn't look like he didn't care. I retract that. But he looked lost. And about halfway through the game, I hopped on Twitter, at Beefs269, and I tweeted out, Jaden McDaniels is the best Wolves rookie right now. And it's not close. And this was after Ant had gone down and missed a layup, and then on the other end, just absolutely looked lost and not communicated on defense and just allowed for an open three-pointer. You know, it was was awful. Genuinely really bad. But I'll tell you what, in the last quarter, especially in the last five minutes, and for a couple of possessions and a few short stretches, Anthony Edwards looked engaged defensively. And he's so incredibly athletic that when he's engaged defensively, he can guard almost anybody because he's so strong, he's so fast. He does have genuinely an ability to guard one through three easily. He's a little undersized maybe to guard, to guard bigs, but... You know, one through three, he can handle very easily in some fours. But it's a matter of the engagement. And that is what we saw in the last few minutes. He had, again, a couple steals in the last couple of minutes where he just saw an opening and said, I'm going to go get the ball, and I'm just going to take it down the court. And he's so fast. I mean, that's like what we were thinking Josh Okoge would be doing. You know, he sees a chance for a steal. He snags it and runs down the court and gets a dunk. Josh Okoge is not even close to as athletic as Anthony Edwards. It's really, really impressive how strong and how fast he is. He does not look physically like he's 19. Now, a lot of times he plays like he's 19. And we saw that with a ton of his defensive possessions early. But... He does have moments where he looks engaged, and when he has those moments, man, I mean, the potential, this kid just oozes potential. Everything about him, the confidence, the athletic ability, it just makes you think, gosh, this kid can be really, really good. So I'm excited. I'm excited about Anthony Edwards. I want to see that that effort, that engagement that he showed in the, in the last five minutes of that game. I want to see that all the time. And if we start seeing that throughout games, where he's able to stay engaged defensively on most possessions, this team is going to be way better. That makes an enormous difference for this team. It's what made them beat a good team. The Knicks aren't, you know, the Knicks aren't a slouch. This isn't the Knicks of the last few years. 
This team was above 500 coming into this game. Tom Thibodeau is working these guys to their bones, but they are winning basketball games. And the Wolves beat them largely because Anthony Edwards was fantastic for a few minutes at the end there, and for the rest of the game, Jaden McDaniels was fantastic. And I want to go back to Jaden. Because early in the year, we saw him shoot a three a game. And in the last couple of games, he's starting to shoot more. And he's starting to get up. I mean, he got up 13 shots in this game. That's awesome. And he had some really incredible moves that he made. You know, it wasn't just like he was shooting threes. There were a couple of times where he drove to the basket, and it was like, for his size and for, you know, usually being guarded by a four, I mean, moves that just can't be defended at that level. So, if Jaden McDaniels is... And, and he, he had three assists. I mean, he was passing the ball well, too. If Jaden McDaniels is able to develop as a playmaker and as a scorer to this point, to the point where he can get you 15, 18 points a game, something like that, I mean, he's going to be like a borderline all-star. I mean, that's that's a really, really good player. I am super impressed with him right now. And I know I ranted about him on the last podcast, but I'm here to do it again. Jaden McDaniels just, I mean, I don't know what to say. He needs to work on the rebounding. That's what I'll say. The rebounding is the thing that I'm most concerned about. But he doesn't need to rebound. When he works with Carl Anthony Towns, Carl Anthony Towns didn't have his best game, efficiency-wise. But he had a good defensive game, and he had 17 rebounds. This team has been getting killed on the glass. And Chris Finch just said, okay, we're going to leave Carl out there the whole time. Carl, your job is to get rebounds. And Carl was talking in a, in a presser recently about Anthony Edwards, and he said, Anthony Edwards, the way he can help us defensively is to rebound. Now, Ant only had two rebounds in this game. Go figure. But Carl had 17 rebounds. That's ridiculous. He had 18 points. He took 18 shots to get there. It was not an efficient day for him. 7 of 18 from the field, 2 of 7 from beyond the arc, 2 of 2 from the line. He had 6 assists. He had 2 blocks. He only had 3 turnovers. It wasn't his best game, but it was a fine game. And that's the thing that's really impressed me about Carl Anthony Towns that I don't think 2 years ago Carl Anthony Towns could do is have a game where he shoots below 40% from the field and be like still one of still the I mean outside of Jaden McDaniels I think he was their best player in this game. Anthony Edwards was the best player in this game for, you know, 3 4 minutes. But overall, the whole game, I mean Carl Anthony Towns was the best player in this game or the second best player in this game for for large swaths of the game on the Timberwolves side. I'm I'm excluding Julius Randle there who is very very good. And um, uh, his his rise to stardom is kind of astonishing when you think about what he was doing previously. Now, I do want to get to the other two Wolves starters and how they looked. Uh, let's start with Ricky Rubio here. Ricky, he had an up and down day. He did finish plus four. He had uh, two steals. And, 
you know, he had some good moments. He did have seven assists. So you got what you get with Ricky. He was bad efficiency-wise, one of five from three, three of nine from the field overall, two of two from the line, four rebounds, and seven assists. So, you know, a Ricky Rubio game. He played good defense, was inefficient, and passed the ball well. He's a good backup point guard. And hopefully he can be a backup point guard again soon, as we mentioned uh, earlier with D'Angelo Russell. Who knows when he'll be back. Hopefully in the next week is what Chris Finch is saying. So you know how those things go with their injuries. They want to keep it close to the vest. And Malik Beasley finally had a good game after returning from his suspension. He had a couple clunkers. 5-9 from the field. All of his makes were three-pointers. He was 5-8. of eight. Went to the line. A lot. He took six free throws. He made five of them. Nothing much else to speak of. One rebound, no assists. And this, I think, you know, when we were seeing Malik Beasley act as the team's alpha in the game wrecker, uh, before Carl Anthony Towns is back and before Anthony Edwards really started to establish himself, I don't think that's the Malik Beasley we were going to get at all. Now, I think this is the Malik Beasley we can get on a regular basis. And this is a good Malik Beasley. 5 of 8 from 3, 20 points. Heck yeah. I'll take that every day. He also had a steal on a block. Great. He wasn't a game wrecker on either end, but he did make a big three towards the end of the game. He actually, I believe, he made the three-pointer that put them up at the end of the game. So they were down um, 99 to 101. And Malik Beasley made the game-winning shot, technically, although there are about 30 seconds left in the game. And just, you know, it was nice to see him shooting well again. Because there is nothing wrong with the contract they have him on if he is taking 10 to 12 shots a game and they're almost all three-pointers and he's shooting 40% or better. That's fine. You'll take that. That's what you hoped he would be when you signed the contract. And I think the sort of game wrecker role that he was kind of playing earlier in the season, that's not who he is. And he can have games where he goes nuclear, but for the most part, I think this is his role. It's not to play defense. It's not to be a facilitator. He can do those things if need be. But his role is to spot up and shoot threes and create lots of extra space for Anthony Edwards to cut and Carl Anthony Towns to do whatever he wants. And in that role, I'm very happy with Malik Beasley. Some other performances I do want to mention. Uh, Jill and Noel played 21 minutes, and he was the only bench player to be a positive. He was a plus five. You know, when you look at the stats overall, he had six rebounds, three assists, two steals. He really just, I mean, he was fine. He he was bad from the field. He took no three-pointers, which is baffling to me. Uh, and shot two of seven. He'll need four points. No free throws either. But you know what? He was active defensively. He was active as a playmaker. And he helped the team to be better. Nas Reed was bad, especially defensively. Two of seven from the field. Only three rebounds. Not going to cut it. Watch Hernan Gomez. I mentioned this. How the heck are you a minus nine in four and a half minutes? 
4 minutes and 45 seconds. He's a minus 9. Very bad. Not good. Jared Vanderbilt did not play. Um, we've seen Jared Vanderbilt fall out of the rotation in favor of Wancho. And in this game, I mean, you know, there were basically 10 minutes that went to Jarrett Culver, Wancho Hernan Gomez, and Jake Lehman. But the whole rest of the bulk of minutes was an eight-man rotation. It was Anthony Edwards, Jane McDaniels, Carl Anthony Towns, Bleak Beasley, and Ricky Rubio, the starters. The only guys who played minutes off the bench, really, were Jordan McLaughlin, Jalen Noel, and Nas Reed. I think we're starting to see Chris Finch decide who the guys he thinks are going to win him games are. And I think he's decided it's a lot of Jaden McDaniels. Second most minutes in this game. He played 36. Carlton Towns played 39. Obviously on this side. On the other side, I haven't looked at the minutes, but Tom Thibodeau, I know, yeah. Julius Randle played 39. Reggie Bullock almost played 39. RJ Barrett played 40. It's Tom Thibodeau. That's what you expect. But this isn't Tom Thibodeau. And we've got Jaden McDaniels playing 36 minutes. And Anthony Edwards playing 35 minutes. It's exciting. I mean, it's... I'm fired up, actually. And I can't believe I'm saying this because... The last couple times that I've thought about this team and talked about it... I haven't been fired up. I was fired up about Jaden McDaniels specifically. But at that time, I was feeling really down on Anthony Edwards. And even halfway through this game, again... I tweeted about it and said, I think Jaden McDaniels is better than Anthony Edwards. And you know what? I hope every time I ever tweet that Anthony Edwards is having a bad game, he makes me eat crow and just crushes it at the end. That'd be awesome. But this game, to me, it really came down to that. Just Anthony Edwards being able to be a game-breaker and demonstrating, go watch the end of this game. I mean, Carlton Towns doesn't score for like the last five minutes of this game. This game was Anthony Edwards, the Anthony Edwards show in the last five minutes. And they won because of him. And I don't think there's a game this season outside of maybe the 40-point game where I've been able to say they won this game because of Anthony Edwards. There's always been, okay, well, you know, this was really Malik Beasley, or this was really, even in the 40-point game, I mean, Carl Anthony Towns also had his best game of the season that game. But in this game, yeah, Jaden McDaniels kept him in there, and then Anthony Edwards came in and finished it off. And that was it. It was really nice to see. Let's sincerely hope that we do get D'Angelo Russell back soon. And I know this is a tough time of year for many of us. I am a huge baseball fan. I am so excited for opening day tomorrow. And it's tough to, you know, balance that if you're like me. And I'm sure some of you listening are, especially, you know, your twins are not looking too shabby this year. Although I'm actually, I'm a White Sox fan and I think my White Sox might be better than the twins this year. But uh, we'll see how that goes. At any rate, the next game the Wolves play will be in Memphis this Friday. Uh, don't expect. There's there's going to be no D'Angelo Russell. Maybe Josh Okogie's back for that game. But, you know, I usually like to, to give something to, to look for, something to think about. 
And I love John Morant. I mean, he's just so fun. How do they guard John Morant? That's what I'm curious about. I think my new favorite game is who is Jaden McDaniels guarding? Because he's guarding, you know, if you think about recently, just in the last couple weeks, he's guarded Luka Doncic, he's guarded James Harden, he's guarded Julius Randle. I mean, he's guarding all kinds of different players. And he's doing an admirable job in all of these instances. So, that's sort of my new game. I wonder if if Chris Finch will put, I don't think he'll put Jaden McDaniels on John Morant, but maybe he does. We'll see what he does. I'm curious. I'm curious to see what they do um, and and how that looks against a Memphis team who no longer has our old friend Gorgie Jang. I did want to mention that. He uh, signed with the Spurs. He was waived by the Grizzlies. So I've been looking forward to Memphis games this year and last year because we got to see Gorgie Jang, and now we don't get to see Gorgie Jang. So that's always a little bit sad, but hey, we've lived without him in Minnesota. We'll live without him uh, in Minnesota and, and in Memphis now too. So I think that's all I really have for today. Just do want to mention real quick, uh, shout out to uh, former Timberwolves legend Taj Gibson. Taj actually had the bucket that put the Knicks up. It was tied at 99-99, and Taj had a putback. It was absolutely incredible that it even went in. That put the Knicks up 101 to 99. I love watching Taj Gibson play, and I was I'm really glad that he got to be a Timberwolf. I live in Chicago, so you know Taj Gibson has a special place in my heart as one of those Timberwolves slash Bulls. So when when you're on both of my favorite NBA teams, that's that gets you a special place in my heart. So yeah, just wanted to give that shout-out to Taj. Thank you so much for listening, guys. Again, you can follow me on Twitter at BeefStew69, B-E-E-F-S-T-U-6-9. And be sure to follow the show at HBWolves on Twitter. Excellent content over there. The guys uh, at HBWolves will have all the team news, all that kind of stuff, before I can get the podcast out, obviously. So be sure to check that out. And check us out over at Hoop-Ball.com. All the basketball content you're looking for, DFS, fantasy, betting, other team podcasts like this. Folks, thanks so much for listening, and we'll see you next time. This has been a Hoop Bowl presentation.